Today's episode has been brought to you by the Veterans Association Food Bank in Calgary, Alberta, serving veterans, veterans helping veterans. The Veterans Association Food Bank. Please donate today. Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making help for PTS injuries easily accessible with a vision of a world where the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. Good morning, all you beautiful souls. Today, I am so honking happy because my dear friend Marie Blackburn is here. Marie, thanks for being here. Well, thank you for having me. Well, it's about darn time. It's been a lot of, I'll get there soon, and finally I'm here, so I'm happy about this. Yeah, well, I'm uh, glad to have you on numerous episodes. I've done ads for you and, uh, and at least done shout-outs. Probably the best one was the one with the Izzy dolls. Yes. That was pretty fantastic. But um, what you've accomplished, Marie, is flippin' spectacular. And like, it's really tough to fathom what, what you've been able to accomplish. So let's start with your original work with um, uh, the Royal Canadian Legion. Like, how did you connect with them originally? Well, it all started one day when I was volunteering with the Field of Crosses, and George Bittman said, you're a pretty good worker. Why don't you come work at the Poppy Fund, <coughs> the Veterans Food Bank there? So I did. And so I was there for seven and a half years, and when they abruptly closed the doors, it was devastating for me to wonder what my veterans were going to be going through without food and other services that were required. So one Saturday night, I drank a bottle of wine and said, why can't I do this? And Monday morning, I called a lawyer, and Tuesday, we announced we would just do it. And we had a lot of veteran support behind us, so that was way back in September of 2018, and here we are three years later. Without getting into the story and the politics of why the original one closed or, or any of that, because it's not important now, no. um, let's talk about the need. So I rem- what I will say is that I've been told that there, uh, or I've heard the views of people that there simply isn't a need for one. And that's why they closed it, which of course I know is silly. It's just not true. But what did you see as the need, and what do you think the need is now? Like, how big is is the need for a veterans food bank? Um, The need is immense. It's not just about food, like we offer many other services. But one of the most important things is these are a lot of our veterans have families. So with with unemployment and COVID. And other mitigated factors where some of our veterans just can't get jobs or whatever, that food is so important to them. Um, we find that once we have people come in for food, we usually get another veteran to take them for a little tour. And then you find out that there's so many other things that you know they're, they're struggling with. So the food bank is important to our veterans, getting them in the door. But we also do sort of a global assessment to make sure that all, <clears throat> all avenues are being met with them. There's a real sense of community there. Like you're so much more than just a food bank. Yes, we are. Um, It's nice to see some of these veterans that come in every day for coffee. They come in to volunteer. You know, our biggest biggest goal really is to get you out of those four corners of your house. Like um, we've had people that have come in and said, without this place, they don't know where they'd be. We've had family members thank us 
for seeing the change in their families. So it is a huge part of the community um, for our veterans, and it's also a great part for just our regular community to get involved. What got you going with veterans in the first place? Like circling back to my original question, like what was it that had you reach out to the Legion and go, I, I want to do this for the veteran community? Well, my dad was in Korea and he had a good portion of his head blown off in a, an explosion and he was shot six times. He spent six years in a military hospital. So I grew up with the alcoholism and, and the night terrors and him just not ever feeling like he ever fit in again. And I asked him one day, you know, what happened when you came home? And he said nobody understood and that he felt lost. So my whole entire life I've always volunteered with different veteran organizations. And it wasn't really till I got to the Legion where I was sort of full-time working with veterans. So I do this for my dad. I do it for many other people that I see suffering like my dad. And I don't want people... I don't want veterans to feel lost and that they have nowhere to go. That's really <coughs> the biggest thing is that disconnection, that isolation, the sense of square peg in a round hole and mm-hmm. nowhere to go. That's why the Legion was put up in the first place. Yeah. Was, you know, it was more than veterans advocacy. The idea was, okay, you just came back from a war. Uh, the only people that understand you are other people that were there as well. But, that legion is not that place anymore. Um, it is not doesn't have that sense of community anymore. Like younger veterans just don't go. No, they don't. And and it's it's dying. So, like, what? T- tell me about some of the um, uh, like the rooms that you have uh, at your food bank, the one here in Calgary, and the library, and um, just how you've created a community. Well, I think the biggest part of all of this is that we started off with veterans helping veterans. So we wanted to give veterans back that sense of what what it was like in the military. You always had your brothers or sisters nearby. Um, so we have the food bank side of things where we're handing out anywhere between um, 60 to 75 food hampers a month for veterans and their families. We've opened in Edmonton as well, and they've already in their first year are giving close to 75 to 80 hampers out a month. So that kind of tells you the need right there just for the food. Um, We also have our Pet Promise program. We found out that some of our veterans, not by choice at all, weren't able to give their pets the very best care they could. So we now have the Pet Promise program where you can take your cat or dog or whatever in for shots or grooming or whatever the case may be. So that's helping out a lot of our veterans and our um, with their little furry friends. And then we have our EVAC program, which is our emergency funding. So we cover everything from rent to utilities. And just as Mark and I were talking earlier, we've seen a huge increase in that with people, you know, facing disconnections or whatever. So it's always nice that you have food to give them, but if they have no way to cook it, or have a roof over their head is kind of pointless. <clears throat> then we have our thrift store, and one of the big parts of the thrift store was to be able to give our veterans that are transitioning into a new home without anything um, to fully furnish their home. We've helped out a lot of veterans with getting clothes to go back to work. Um, veterans that are in in great need, <coughs> excuse me, um, they don't pay for anything, and then the regular veteran population gets 50% off all their stuff. 
one of the most important things about the thrift store and the food bank was to make sure that we could hire veterans and put them back to work. So most of the veterans that we have that work with us at some time have required our services, and now they've got a lot of pride and purpose being able to have a paycheck and not rely on those services. Um, One of Mark's favorite little places is our library (laughs) that we have at the thrift store. And we made it sort of unique so that veterans can just come in and have a coffee and quietly read or look at the books or listen to music or whatever. So that's a big part of what we do for the thrift store. We have a lounge upstairs where we do a lot of peer support meetings, those kind of things. Um, Yeah, we just kind of do all kinds of things. What I've seen is that um, there are those that uh, in their time of need that came to you and then as a result have been loyal ever since and come back and uh, whatever they've received for help, they've given back a thousandfold yes. in, uh, in their time out of a sense of commitment and trying to help others by volunteering and, and giving their time to you. Yes. And what a huge operation. I mean, um, let's talk about the scale of what you're doing, about 65, 75 hampers. Uh, what's in a hamper? Um, a hamper basically has everything that you need in the way it can good. So you get your soups and, and um, all your veggies and, and fruit and stuff and cereal, sugar, flour, pickles, mustard, ketchup, relish, all your hygiene products and we have just increased it. We used to give $100 with that hamper to buy fresh fruits and vegetables. But with the economy the way it is, we've now bumped our singles up to 150 a month. Families with two people get 200 a month, and then families with over two children get 250 a month. So we all kind of know how far $100 goes when you go to the grocery store, which isn't very far at all. So this should really give them a boost. And we try to make – we try to – You'll hope that they can buy some healthy stuff with that. Like I know a lot of canned goods aren't good, but when you have nothing, um, our veterans are so so thrilled just to, to have anything to fill their cupboards. Over the last uh, year and a bit, there's been such a huge increase in the cost of living. How has that impacted you and the food bank? Oh, my goodness. It's it's crazy. Like we've, we've always done really well in in with our donations during campaign or whatever. Um, But even when we run short of something and we have to go to the store and buy it, it's a huge cost for us. It's also, like for our veteran population, like I said, $100 at the grocery store doesn't last you very far for a month. So that's why we gave the increase. Um, Just utility bills. I've been seeing utility bills come in at, you know, 500 plus for a family. Like, how do you find that extra money? You don't. And people aren't getting raises come left, right, and center. So these increases all the way around are affecting everybody. So you're finding a even greater need for the food bank um, over the last year then? Have you fi- you're finding extra pressure from more, more uh, clients and members coming in? Absolutely. It just doesn't stop. You know, and it's people, some, like, it's nice when we, we see people, you know, that we haven't seen for a year. But they're coming back because they need help again. Like, they're so happy when they can finally do things on their own. And and one of the biggest things that we, we find is 
Veterans in particular have so much pride that it's the last, last resort for them to come in and ask for help. So we know there's a lot of veterans out there that aren't aren't making ends meet. So we just want them to know that it's a safe place to come to and, you know, we're here to help if you need it. Without judgment. Yes. There's um, a common scene at, uh, at, at at your food bank where there's you'll see somebody walking around trying to work up the courage in the parking lot for an hour. Yes, we've seen that many times or they've said they've driven around the block 20, 30 times or... You know, sometimes we'll get a call in or something on Messenger or whatever, and they'll say, the, the most common thing they say is, like, there's somebody that deserves it more than me. You all deserve it. And if you need it, we're here. Why do you think that there should be a veteran-specific food bank? And why is it that uh, just the regular Calgary Food Bank isn't enough or doesn't serve that community? One of the most common things that we hear is that veterans will say, you know, I'm not going to go take away from somebody else. And if they walk into a food bank and they see a family in front of them, they'll turn around and walk away. They feel horrible thinking that they're taking something from someone else. I think the most important thing about our veterans food bank is that when you come in that door, you're with your, like with your brothers and sisters and that you we find out the other things that you might need help with. So, you know, I had a veteran the other day say he needs forklift training so he can get a job. I have another one that needs his uh, first aid. So these are classes that we'll put on at the end of the month, and any veteran that wants to come and, and take a class and maybe get to a better place, those are things that we do. It's a full sense of community and truly getting people on their feet and um can you point to uh i mean not the actual example but uh have there been people that told you that you've saved their lives absolutely absolutely we've had you know we've always said it's we can't save everybody but if we change the lives or save the lives of others then it's absolutely worth every every ounce of time we put into it but yes we've We've literally had people tell us we've saved their lives. <clears throat> what do you see as the link between PTSD and the need for a food bank for veterans? Um, we have a lot of our veterans that are suffering from PTSD. Um, we we have outreach workers that, that work within our organization. We try to get them into whatever mental health programs that we can. Um, I think without the food bank and just, you know, even like you said, the sense of community or the PTSD or whatever, it's so important that they have a place to come to. And that's, you know, you can't, you can't fix anything if you don't have something in place to help people. So the food bank has been very beneficial in, in so many ways. I guess what I'm um, also getting at is from PTSD, uh, that ends up turning into a de- into a bad spiral a lot of times, a downward spiral. It does. That um, where somebody just can't hold a job because of conflict or anxiety or stress, whatever it is, and when they can't hold the job and they either quit or get fired, then work up the strength to do it again and then get fired again. And then work up the strength to do it again and get fired again. And, and it gets to a point where that sense of rejection is just too damn much. 
Yes. And they cannot work up the, um, they're just too damaged because of that, that sense of rejection, that sense of there's something wrong with me, I must be worthless, what a loser I am, that horrible self-talk. Um, but really what it is, it's the PTSD symptoms that are making it so you can't work. And when that happens, that's why we see addiction and homelessness and uh, and a need, an absolute need for a veteran-specific food bank. Yes. Well, we've hired, <clears throat> we currently have 12 veterans working for us, and that's sort of been the same sentiment around most of them, was just trying to keep a job and hold a job. Um, our work is is modified to some of the issues that some of the veterans go through. But there's, you know, that's, the truth is at the end of the day, some just aren't going to fit in where they need to fit in. But I think the majority of the people that we've had come through the food bank and at least get some job skills so they can go out there and learn to do a job again or being able to get that paycheck again where they're not reliant on a food bank or other services. So, you know, PTSD is a really tough thing for all people, including veterans, to deal with. And I think that um, a lot of places or people don't recognize that. So at the food bank, we do recognize that, and we do try to modify um, how we work with them and try to just find the best fit for them wherever we can. Does Veterans Affairs Canada uh, help you in any way or support you in any way? Um, for our first two years, we didn't have any funding from Veterans Affairs. Um, we did get some COVID money when COVID had hit, and then we applied for another grant here recently, but it's more geared towards the military, military sexual trauma, um, LGBTQ, and the Indigenous population. So we're now working on different programs to address those specific things. But as for Veterans Affairs saying, you know, you guys are doing a great job you know this is your continuous funding we'll be working on those down the road but it's always been specific for something to this point but they do recognize what we're doing um we actually had veterans affairs tell one of our our veterans the other day he's like didn't you used to work at the veterans association he said yeah he goes well i need you to go back there he says that's where you start getting some common sense back into your life so he's now volunteering with us again Oh, that's fantastic. That sense of purpose, I've talked about it on the show many, many times. Yes. The sense of, if you are in service of others, that is purpose. If you're just in service of yourself or entertaining yourself, that is so shallow and such a dangerous path to be on. But when there's others that are that are being helped because of the work that you do, that sense of purpose that you have that gets you out of bed in the morning and gives you a sense of self-worth. Because yep. if you are able to serve others and help others, that builds the self-confidence and is such a huge part of the healing process to start to feel good about yourself. Like, hey, I matter. I'm able to help others. I'm able Because the hand that gives is above the hand that receives. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so important, the environment that you've... It's so much more than the food on the plate, which of course is critical. Yes. But um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, food and shelter is at the bottom and you're, you're helping so many people look after that. But that sense of social connection and tribe and, and uh, community 
that you've built is just as important as that sense of, of the, as the food that you're putting on tables. Mm-hmm. And that does save lives. It absolutely does. There's no doubt about it. And it's, we did have a meeting with Veterans Affairs the other day about homelessness, like how, how are we dealing with the homeless population? And, and I, there's a lot of great organizations out there doing a lot of great things for our homeless veterans. Um, one of the biggest things is trying to identify if they are a veteran or not once you meet them on the street. They just don't tell you that they are. But I think we're a little more fortunate in what we do is that we can prevent that homelessness. We can pay their rent. We can put a roof over their head. We can provide their family with food till they get to, like, maybe down, you know, sometimes we have to help veterans for two or three months till that job comes back into their life or we retrain them for something different. So I think it's important to know that this food bank is preventing homelessness. It is preventing suicide. It is preventing isolation. And those are our mandates that we said we would work on, and we're actually succeeding very well at them. The fact of what you've built in uh, Calgary is so spectacular, but... That's not where it, it stops and starts. Uh, you've been able to to expand to Edmonton. The door's been open for over a year now. And um, how did you pull that off? Oh, I don't know. It's just, um, like I was telling somebody the other day, I'm not this businesswoman or, you know, sort of fancy person. I just do what I think is necessary. And I don't always have a business plan. Sometimes it's just done on a wing and a prayer and knowing that it's going to change those lives. It's going to save those lives. So when Edmonton opened a year ago, I'd asked my dear friend, Mr. Bruce Givens, if he would run it. And he did. And he's done an amazing job. Um, Everybody in in Edmonton is a volunteer, um, which is amazing. They've got the base there, so they've got a lot of support. And they're just doing amazing things as well. We started a little pilot project in London, Ontario, where one of our veterans drove his motorbike across Canada to come and see what we do. And it wasn't really feasible to start a new food bank there, but he went out and bought himself a trailer, made a little flying kitchen, so he goes and addresses homeless people on the streets. And he's been identifying with homeless veterans. Um, so we have another veteran that's helping him. And they are putting together a package where they can start, you know, seeing if some of these veterans can are you, get off Are you able street. to share names on, on who's doing that? Um, Doug Hiscock in London, Ontario, and Jim Hunter. Um, he's going to be helping Doug with this. So Doug has um, been doing, so we send him gift cards for Tim Hortons and we send him gift cards for um, President's Choice. And he just serves coffee and tries to round up as many veterans as he can. He would like to eventually get into a space where it just be, he doesn't need a full-scale warehouse, but a place where people can come and gather, kind of like we do in Calgary and Edmonton. So that's just our little pilot project for now, and if that works out well, then we'll address some of the other cities across the country. And you are supporting other people and their ventures as well, Um, like uh, Mike Rood and the Rood Awakening Tour. You've helped him out uh, to a degree. I don't know in what capacity exactly, but um, you, you support the others that are, <laughs> you help the veterans help veterans. Yes, so every February we do something called Vets for Pets, and it's not always about us, you know, 
getting all the money. So every year, every Valentine's Day, we pick a, a, a pet charity, and um, we do a fundraiser for them. So we put together these to put together these amazing baskets, and we do a 50-50 draw. So this year we picked Courageous Companions, and we raised just over $12,000 for them. So it's good for veterans to know that they're giving back. Um, we're just working on something right now for, we used to have veterans dinners pre-COVID. So we're hoping to have our next one on April 9th, where we can raise money for Ukraine, because a lot of our veterans are struggling with that right now. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And there's uh, our mutual friend, Paul Hughes, that actually, crazy bugger, he went to the Ukraine. He did, yes. He jumped on a plane and off he went. And uh, he uh, he posted when he was in Warsaw, Poland, and got on the train. And he's somewhere in the Ukraine, and uh hope he gets back safe. We do, too. Yeah, that um, just continuing continuing to serve, it's, it's unbelievable. Yes, it is. My mom gave me a call and says, you've already done your bit. Don't you dare. <laughs> well, you know, every day we have somebody. I had a gentleman in his early 70s come in the other day and said, Marie, I'm going. And I had to tell him, I said, if you go, you could lose all those benefits that you work so hard for. And you have to bring them back to reality. But the truth is they want to be there. We've had our young veteran who served in Afghanistan, he said, if I didn't have kids, I'd be there. Like every single person there is going through this, feeling helpless that they're not doing something. So our April 9th dinner, we're going to have the Ukrainian um, community do the dinner for us with all the Ukrainian food, and then we're going to have a silent auction and um, hopefully raise some money for them. Are you getting any official support from the military, like from any of the bases? Do they do food drives for you? Yes, most of them do. Like um, the Armories does a big food drive on Remembrance Day, and we have a lot of the cadets that donate as well, and they donate their time and volunteering. So, yes, we get a lot of support from the military community. Oh, that's excellent, and it's so well needed. Do you have your eyes uh, set on on a, a third food bank to go oh up somewhere? Oh, my goodness. You know, I we get calls from all across the country. When are you going to set one up here? And it's, <laughs> you know, it would be, we even had, um, there's a gentleman, Brian Parsons. He's a veteran out of Toronto. And he does a big food drive for us through the Toronto Transit Union every year. And I had a politician call me, and he said, you know, why are we sending all this food to you guys when we could use the food here? I said, because Brian is a veteran, and this is what he chooses to do. And he, So I told him what we did. And he said, well, we need one in Toronto. And I said, we need one everywhere. Like, if this brings veterans together and gives them, like you said, Mark, a sense of purpose, that's exactly what we need to be doing. The best way to scale it, Marie, is to look at what you've done so far, all the bugs that you worked out, all the kinks that you worked out, and yeah. all the lessons learned, and basically have um, uh, an SOP manual. Yes, you know, and and from that um, franchise it. Yes, you know, so that's like okay, here's the book. Yeah, <laughs> here here's what you do and how you do it. Yeah, and uh, now who's going to put their hand up? Yeah, there's, like, I've had people from, in Victoria say, like, when are you going to come here? And I'm like, I don't, like, I, there's a, it's a lot of work to do this. Yeah. And it's, 
And then the more it grows, it just becomes more work and more work. And, you know, sometimes people will say, you know, why, why do you have paid staff? Well, the truth is it is a business, so to speak. But the best part is we're hiring veterans. So. A, a thing, um, an organization, the size of what you're putting together, how could you possibly not have paid staff? Yes. I mean, I don't know how you couldn't. Yeah. And um, it's, it's funny. It's like it's a dirty word or something. If somebody gets paid for their time, yes. it's like, well, how else is it going to be done? You know, it's not like we're looking at um, uh, the, the, one of these feed the children places where the CEOs is, are getting uh, four or five hundred thousand dollars a year. Yes. You know, we're not talking about that at all. Oh, I know. It's just people because um, you got to eat too. Yes, and I get like you know some people will start those little rumors or whatever that you know we're making over a hundred thousand a year. Well, you can pretty much cut that in half. That's what my salary is. So. And I don't, I don't want to be one of those people that say, well, I need 100000 plus a year or whatever. I don't need to take from the program itself. If I have enough to pay my bills, do my thing, you know, make sure our veterans are paid so they at least make that status quo of maintaining their, their day-to-day bills or whatever, that's all we're looking at. We don't need high-priced people to work there. We all are happy where we're at and... Quite honestly, if I was to figure it out for the hours that I make, I'd be making less than minimum wage, and I'm okay with that. (laughs) Who are some of the biggest supporters that um, have been stepping up and and bringing funds to the table for you? Oh, goodness. We have um, like TC Energy, General Dynamics, um, Sobeys, Co-op, We have a lot of donations that come to the Calgary Foundation. We have Nutrien. Um, They provide a lot of these big companies. It's not just about giving us a check. It's about how many hours they put in volunteering. So we have some really big supporters. and, And just the veteran community itself, the motorcycle groups out there, they do a lot of fundraising for us in the summer. And then we've got, you know, our schools that during campaign, like, it's amazing how much those little kids put together for us. So it's, um, yeah, we've got the city of Calgary. You know, we've got all kinds of amazing people that pitch in to help. And the one here in Calgary is really the first one of its kind in the entire country. Yes, it is. Do you know, are there any other countries that are even doing this? I don't think so. I don't really know so you're the first in the world really maybe <laughs> i'm not sure well as full as a, as far as a fully operating uh food bank i think you are the first in the world for a veteran specific food bank and it, it is an incredible need um i mean this is episode 202 so i've been able to um speak with and have conversations with so many people within this community and it's really helped me understand the incredible need for the work that you do. But you're the first, Marie. Oh. First in the world. I don't know. I just Bit of a rock star, I think. Oh, there you go. <laughs> thank you, Mike. Marie, thank you for all the incredible work that you do to thank serve you. this community and, and your kindness and, and the love that you put into all the work that you do. Oh, thank you. It's I. 
I used to work for companies that paid me really, really well, and I make the least amount of money I've ever made in my life, but I'm the happiest I've ever been. So it's so important. And like I said, I do this for my dad and all the veterans out there. So thank you for letting me serve you. And if somebody wants to support the Veterans Association Food Bank, how do they find you? Um, Well, we're on Facebook and our web page. Um, and they can just call the office. Um, we have a 1-800 number. It's one eight three three four two two eight three eight seven. 422 All right. And in about an hour, this will be published in all the podcast channels, and I'll have all those links to your website and whatnot uh, in, in the show notes. Well, thank you. And I'm so happy you're my friend as well, and I like seeing you pop by. You have pop by a little bit more often. Well, it's way up in the north end, and I'm in Okotoks, but I'll do my best. All right. Sounds good. All right, my friend. Thank you for being here today. You're welcome. Thank you. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Veterans Association Food Bank in Calgary, Alberta, serving veterans, veterans helping veterans, the Veterans Association Food Bank. Please donate today. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. Now I've got a favor to ask you. And I know everybody asks for the same favor, but it's really, really important. If you can help, do your little bit by going to Apple Podcasts, leaving a rating and a comment. That would be awesome. Also, on your favorite podcast platform, whether that be Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, or whatever floats your boat and blows your hair back, please click follow. And if there's an option there for rating, please do so. And this is why. Every time you click like, leave a rating, leave a comment, what happens is that it makes it easier for other people to find this podcast. The help that you can't find doesn't help at all. So help other people find this so that they can help themselves. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And as always, share, share like the sugar bear because sharing is caring.